this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his Kickstarter running till January 6th for The Silent Descendants, we welcome Daquan Kane. Thanks so much for being with us, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We're going to have a good time today. It's always fun to get back to the old format after we do some special episodes. Yeah, you know, we say it every time, I'm pretty sure, after it's been an episode or because two. Because it's true. And it's every true. time it, it it's always just feels true. Like, good. Oh, okay. All right. It's fine. It's fun. like getting home after vacation. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, that was fun, but God, I need my own bed. In our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about Harrison Ford. Uh, all things Harrison Ford. You know, it's the month of Star Wars. And since we just talked Star Wars last week with uh, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. This is still kind of a way to keep it in the same spirit. You know, yeah. we have a Han Solo movie coming Momentum. next year. Yeah. Let's talk old Harrison. It's, it's long overdue. Then the comic uh, vault. What do we got to talk about, guys? Shelter Division. Ooh. Oh, okay, very cool. Nice. nice. And I've got uh, Ryan Brown's God Hates Astronauts. Does he? <laughs> According to this comic, and it is without question... One of the strangest and most awesome things I've read in years. Nice, nice. A new, a new favorite. Cool. Immediately. A few awesome titles to look forward to there. Then we're going to turn our full attention over to Daquan and talk about The Silent Descendants. I'm really excited to hear more about this project. But before we do all that, Jake. Oh, <laughs> yawning son of a bitch. It's <laughs> what are you, tired? <laughs> In my mind, I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> it's too far. I can't stop it. Okay. <clears throat> Be sure to check us out on all of our social networking outlets. That's Twitter at CannedAirPod, Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Have a look at our videos on YouTube. Some fun stuff, movie riffs, let's plays, more on the way. Some special treats that we thought maybe we had lost, but by God. We are back in business. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure to check out our merchandise at society6.com forward slash pod. And if you're attending a Wizard World convention, go ahead and use promo code CANDAIR, lowercase no space, for 10% off. Uh, they were doing a Cyber Monday thing today, but by the time you're hearing this, that will have passed you up, so we're your only option. Remember the promo code. <laughs> uh, well said, Jake. Well said. Thanks. And we are on Patreon now, people. Head over to Patreon. If you like our show, if you like what we're doing, uh, if you want to support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod. Throw a dollar or two our way a month. What did you say in your tweet the other day? Uh, it's a dollar a, goes a lot further than you'd think. It's a price of a hamburger. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that was mine. Oh, that was you. Yeah. For the price nice. of a McDonald's hamburger. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Wait, where, you, where else are you going to put that dollar? Wait, UNICEF? <laughs> We've been about... feeding these kids for years. Well, nothing's changed. I was thinking about making another Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Oh, yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a lawsuit would uh, soon follow that. So it would almost not, be worth it. You may not do that. She's not but... doing anything else these days. She probably has the time on her hands to get litigious. Just sleeping in a pile of money. <laughs> anyway, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Do it. Do it! Come on! I'm here! Come on! Do it now! Grass! Taste bad! All right, gentlemen, Harrison Ford. Where do we start? Let's start with uh, Daquan. 
What do you know about Harrison Ford, man? Um, I'm a big fan of his. I love all his movies. Well, most of them anyway. Um, yeah, I would say if. I would say Air Force One. I have a fond uh, fondness for Air Force One. I haven't seen it in years. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember it being really good. Now, let me uh, ask you, because I was just ask, talking to Jake about this before we started the show, and I am not certain, and maybe you even know, Jack, is the character he plays in Air Force One the same as from Clear and Present Danger? Um, no, I don't believe he is, but no. I may be wrong. I don't know why I was thinking those movies were linked. I thought they I think were, it's because all... you're stupid. Oh, see, it's the things I don't think about. You keep running into this problem. <laughs> I thought it was because they were all uh, Tom, they're Tom Clancy stories, aren't they? Oh, no, it's spreading. Two stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think they were. Maybe they are. I don't. I've never seen either one of them. Isn't Air Force One the Where's My Family? I think they're all Where's it's My the Get family. Off My Plane <laughs> one, right? Is that it? It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, As I understand, he has a plane which uh, he's somewhat protective of. There's a gentleman on the plane who he does not want there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the president. I don't he know. lets him know one? as such. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Give me my family back. <laughs> Get off my family. Get off my family. <laughs> <laughs> if only he were so graceful in flying uh, airplanes in real life. As I know, movies, right? right? Uh, he's, so, crashed, he's crashed two planes and walked away from it. That's yeah. true. It's that's a, a pretty good pilot kind of, then, yeah. Uh, that's something that's to pretty marvel ironic. itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Like, Didn't he land the second one in a golf course or something? Probably. Something like that, yeah. And, Star Wars, before Star Wars. He could be labeled as a hero of the week in himself because just last week or a week ago, there was, in California, I think it was, there was a, I believe a woman or some guy, I don't remember who the victim was, but was in a car accident. Their car flew off the road and they were pinned in the car. Somebody opened the door and pulled him out and it was Harrison Ford. I have, to, Go ahead. <laughs> I have to imagine if that happened to you. You're in a car wreck. You're disoriented. Like, oh, am I concussed? Am I dying? Am I going to bleed out? And then you see Harrison Ford come in through the broken window to pull you out. You're like, I'm definitely fucking dead, right? Yeah. This is not real. Either that or, like, the pain instantly goes away. It's like, holy shit, Han Solo. He doesn't say, oh, Solo. Yeah. You can't say anything to him except, like, well, I love you, right? And that's your shot. I know. <laughs> and then you expire right there on Fucking the street. bones poking out of your leg. No, it's Harrison Ford. You got to take a moment. When it's in a Rome. good day. <laughs> Harrison Ford movie, Jack. The Fugitive. Oh, ah, that is a film. Yeah. To this day, I know nothing about it. But really? seriously, you've I'm never sorry. Seen yeah. I've never seen The Fugitive. And it took place in Ohio. Really? The Fug- Did it really? Something like that. Yeah. You know what else takes place in Ohio? I thought it was in like. Philadelphia or some shit like that. I guess you'll never find out. I have to look that up. I don't. I don't think it was. I thought Ohio. it was a, whole, a local type story. Even though he jumps off the Hoover Dam, so, but they were chasing him across the states. I think. I'll have to look into that. Maybe <laughs> maybe he crosses through Ohio. But I, I thinking... say facts only. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, this isn't Harrison Ford, but there was a movie that came out somewhat recently starring John Travolta that was set in Columbus, Ohio. Traffic. I am no. Wrath. It was called Traffic. I thought was set in Columbus too, or at least maybe, maybe filmed. In I don't Columbus. know anything I'm sorry, about Traffic. Do, but it's called I Am so. Wrath, and uh, a friend of mine was actually an extra in a scene that got cut, so he's pretty bummed. But uh, I tried to get a uh, tried to get an extra spot in that myself. Did you? Yeah, nice. I did. He got one. 
for all the good it did him. See Jeremy in it the opens background up. waving. <laughs> Apparently, I have a face for Holding radio. So. <laughs> Thank for doing what we're doing. As, as I recall, my, my friend told me like <laughs> the, the script or the narration or some rough thing. It, it opened up like. Shots ring out in the short north. <laughs> it's just oh, like, geez. what is this garbage? That happens all the time. Oh, this is going to be so funny to everyone who doesn't live in Ohio. Yeah. What's well, a short north? <laughs> right. Short north being just a section of town. It's, uh, I guess, probably like the most happening part it's of like Columbus It's like a trendy right district. It's, it's like, very, like just very, north very. of Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So... Know. All right, but we got to get back to the fugitive. You went past that yeah. way too quick. I was hoping you wouldn't harp on it, but let's, no, let's do I've got to harp on it because okay. the fugitive to this day remains one of my all-time favorite movies. No kidding! Oh, no. it is amazing. It's such a good movie. Just the the pursuit, him unraveling the whole mystery about who murdered his wife, the one-armed man, the confrontation. Oh, that's at where the that end. comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay, it had a very kind of a Die Hard esque kind of ending to it. Yeah, in a way, didn't it? Because that all ended up on the roof too with helicopters. And shit, right? I don't know. Alan Rickman fell to his death. It's crazy. <laughs> Wrong movie. But oh. uh, he screamed out, "I'm Superman!" and jumped, and that was the end. It was so good. Watch the Fugitive. Okay. Watch I the will. Fugitive. I will. So good. Comes to you then. All right. So clearly, one of the best films of all time, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, oh, groundbreaking nice. in terms of storytelling. I think the pacing was on point. Uh, strong presence from Shia LaBeouf. Probably Hollywood's golden boy right now. <laughs> this joke's run its course. I was trying to find uh, That movie would have been okay if it didn't have to do with aliens. Uh, that mo- movie actual would have been skulls. okay if it had been aborted before the first trimester, I think. That's probably what they had their heads in the wrong fucking place the whole time. Or, you know, you're right. If the crystal skull was just like a an honor, like an artifact, like it was a giant diamond that Mayans carved down. There are like, real oh, crystal skulls out yeah, there. Yeah, they're all over the place. But, but yeah, it didn't have anything to do with those. That's where it lost me when all of a sudden there were spaceships and aliens. I was like, oh, okay. It lost me way before the revelation of aliens when fucking Shia LaBeouf and a tribe of monkeys are swinging on vines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's no way a person would be able to keep up with these monkeys in the trees. Like, it's it was so stupid. It it's like so it was already pushing it, and then this movie takes your like willful suspension of disbelief, drags it into a field, and shoots it. Mm-hmm. Just it's garbage. But we're talking about good Harrison Ford movies, so I would like to talk about um, the Fugitive. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Easily his okay. finest performance. No, I keep my brain's caught in a loop. I keep thinking Star Wars, and that's mm, a cop nothing out. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Star Wars. I what think old Runner? Han Solo. Blade Runner? Oh, there thank you, you for pulling me from the pit there because Blade Runner. Who? Everyone's talked about you know the original Blade Runner to hell and back. That's that's done. That's over with. Has anyone seen the recent Blade Runner? I was going to no. until I heard it was awful, and then I thought maybe I haven't seen it. Really? Who the fu- who said it was awful? Reviews. I thought I'd read reviews that it was not doing well. Fuck the reviews. Well, hey, you know, I'm right there with you. Awesome. It was just a audio Why are you all back me in the corner treat. here? You Fuck. son of a bitch. Get out of my sight. No, uh, probably the best movie since Blade Runner. Was Blade Runner? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was incredible. I thought Ryan Gosling did an amazing job. Harrison Ford did a fucking amazing job. Really? He's so good at playing older versions of his characters. I know that sounds really stupid, but he knows just where to take it. 
so that you're like, yeah, this is definitely the progression the of this character. Guy. Like Han Solo. So it wasn't like a Force Kirk. Awakens situation where he was just kind of going through the motions to get that bag of cash. No, this was like very was devoted. This was a strong performance. I mean, granted, it's it's Harrison Ford, so you know. How did you feel about his performance as Han Solo in um, Force Awakens? I mean, I know it's kind of sacrilege to. I think it was just it was the same Han Solo. I think did it just seem a little like bit, the same? Just older, Here's, maybe a little bit. All right, tired, you I want think. some sacrilege? I got some for you. Frankly, Harrison Ford didn't blow me away in the original Star Wars. I never thought his acting was, like, incredible. None of them had incredible acting. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that when people go back to episode one and start dogging those people for their performances, you know, they got great people to act shitty. Okay, but they didn't write the dialogue, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're just given what you have to read. And yep. I don't know. Some of those lines, I don't know. I think there's a level of camp that has to come with that performance to match that original trilogy, which is kind of why that original trilogy may have ended up. Sure. sure. He always had that little bit of a camp anyway, where he just, because he was a smart aleck, or mm-hmm. yeah. he'd do something and be like, hey. and then it would <laughs> backfire on him, and then he'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still think, I forget where I heard this. I think I heard it secondhand, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, supposedly, Kurt Russell was going to be Han Solo at one point, or at least was in talks mm-hmm. or, or auditioned or something. And I'm going to throw it out there. You know, I love Harrison Ford and all. I'd have rather seen a Kurt Russell Han Solo. Nah. Nah. I know. Right. I know no. But <laughs> I, Yes. You know, Jack Burton could not have been Han Solo. Uh, no, he could have been better than Han Solo. <laughs> Wonder where Harrison Ford would have been today without Star Wars under his belt, though. Mm-hmm. Probably crashing twice as many planes into golf courses. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that he wouldn't have planes to crash into That's golf a good courses, point. probably. But you mentioned uh, Kurt Russell going out for uh, Han Solo, where... Uh, Robert England went out for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's right. Oh, thank God that didn't happen. Oh, my God. I love Robert England, but nine. That grimace not for a, a, uh, you know, young Jedi to save the galaxy. I I don't see it. Speaking of Blade Runner, I've never seen it. And last night, just for this this segment, talking about him, I started watching it. That movie holds up pretty good. It's got that weird 80s, long, drawn-out cinematic sequences. I am addicted to that super surreal like 80s feel with where it gets like all right these are miniatures or like in a cloud tank or it didn't whatever. look but like it miniatures looks so fucking good yeah, yeah it's i love that there's something it scratches it late, that though. cyberpunk itch mm-hmm. that keeps me awake at night i just nothing since has ever been except blade runner 2049 which i think nailed the aesthetic it was gorgeous like the flying cars it. had weird lens flares on oh. it that Blurred out the fakeness of yeah, it, so it did look so real. good, it was pretty neat. so like clean for what they had. Yeah. It was seamless. Fell asleep watching it though because it was late. That's the problem. Rutger hours doesn't do much for me. In I, I don't think that. I've ever watched the first Blade Runner all in one sitting. Really? It is it is a sleepy, <laughs> drawn out movie. How long is it? Is it like it's about seven and a half hours, but <laughs> real time, it's... 117 minutes. I think yeah, was. something. Oh, so that was just the director's cut I was watching. Yeah. Well, uh, the movie I have here. I don't, I don't know if a lot of you have probably seen Regarding Henry. Oh, it sounds like garbage. I think I saw it. I think I saw it a long, That's a great long movie. time ago. That is a great movie. And it, refresh me. He's a doctor or he's like a lawyer? He's, like uh, he's a, a lawyer. Lawyer. He's a very prestigious job. And he happens to go into, what, like a, like a quick stop or something on his way home at night. He gets shot or something and he has an accident and he forgets He walks in on a robbery and gets shot in the head. 
but he lives and he has to like learn everything from yeah oh, right because of brain damage yes it was such a good freaking movie the title oh, I've never seen it kind of threw me off because what's it regarding everything's regarding him it all, it's all regards yes, to him it's, it's Henry and Janaru <laughs> <laughs> everything's about him in the movie remember he uh, painted a painting of uh, Ritz uh, Ritz crackers box in that movie that's how you could like tell his progression he kept trying to paint this box of Ritz crackers and by the end of it it looked really good and I think he was back in the courtroom like doing cases at the end wasn't he or maybe not I don't know I don't yeah he was um but he had a personality change he became a more positive person by the end of it I need to watch that again Ritz years. made a lot of money <laughs> it's like when you see fucking Mercedes in Jurassic World uh, yeah. driven around everywhere. All right. Well, I, I really don't have much else on Harrison Ford. I got one thing is I was watching what before Force Awakens comes out, came out. He was on uh, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel and he comes out kind of disheveled. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And kind of lost and half there and looks old. But when he's in the movie, he drops about 20 years. You think that's all an act? I think, like, he's just sick of people fucking talking to him. Like, he just acts as weird as he can on these talk shows and stuff. They're like, why have him on? He doesn't say anything. Yeah. He just sits there like, where am I? It's, it's not as bad as uh, Al Pacino. I don't know if you've seen any interviews with him recently. Ooh, we're going to lose Al real soon. He is. Oh, really? Right. seen him recently, yeah. though. Dude is running on fumes. It's really? Why was he just like... I, he's, like, very... Well, so I, I want to say vapid, but I don't know if I understand that word well enough. He is not present, and he seems like kind of sickly. I don't know. It's just it kind of made me sad last time I saw him. I was like, ooh, ooh, Al. There don't. was a uh, <laughs> who was it? Somebody that did a magic special on TV. Your David Blaine's maybe maybe that's who it was. And one of them, well, a few of them actually involved doing tricks at celebrities' houses. And like one of them was at. Uh, Will Smith. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Jaden Pinkett, or what's her fuck's her name? Jada, Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett, whatever. Their house with like their kids running around everywhere like idiots. Uh, one of them was Harrison Ford's house. And it was like they had him pick an apple out of a fruit bowl that was sitting on the counter there. And he had him cut this apple in half. And inside this apple was the card he had just previously pulled out and given back to him like it was such a weird trick but he didn't like say anything he just sat there with that sideways smile like, just get like the hell out of my house staring or at like the camera and like, back at him and then back at the camera and then his family is like react do something you know <laughs> come on but I guess uh, any time you're having Harrison's, Harrison Ford on uh, camera is a good time right that was Chris Angel wasn't it Rockstar looking guy. David Blaine, I, I believe. Was it I think David it was Blaine? David Blaine because yeah. I would not be watching Chris Angel. I don't Angel. know if Chris Angel had that level of access. I hate Chris Angel. <laughs> he's such a douchebag. Well, he's selling his tricks on infomercials now. So Are you serious? Oh, that's the kiss of death. Yeah. It's not even him, like in the commercial. It's like some dude who dresses as approximately the same flavor of dumbass. Like, you can tell he didn't even want to show up What's for the shooting. What's that dude's name? Brand? Robert Brand? or uh, Oh, uh, Russell, Russell, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Wow. Harrison gave us, what, about 20 minutes of convo? That works. <laughs> yeah. That works. Okay. Uh, now, Daquan, you had mentioned uh, you had wanted to maybe go around talking a little bit about what everyone's currently watching. 
Right. Um, I'm just really interested in, you know, the uh, type of shows that you guys watch. And, you know, like me, I mean, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, and I'm currently watching my favorite show, Supernatural, which I've been watching for decades now. Yeah, I was going to say, like it's, it's been, been on, that on long. a long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in uh, uh, season 13 now. Holy God. cow, man. I, I remember when that show came... <laughs> Sorry, Jack's chair just fell. <laughs> no, I remember when that show first came out on the uh, on, on the air, because Brooke and I, when we saw the first commercials for it, we were into it, and I think we stuck through the first two seasons, maybe, and we started just uh, losing interest. And I, I don't think we could have ever held on for 13 seasons, no matter mm-hmm. how long it was. So good on you, buddy. That's some dedication right there. Thanks a lot. Actually, you know, a little fun fact about me. I've never missed an episode. Holy shit. I've, uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen every episode on its original air date. I'm that big of a fan. Wow. No wow. DVR, nothing. No, no DVR. Uh, the live, you know, original uh, broadcast. Well, uh, I've never missed a meal, so <laughs> I guess we both have things we're proud of. Shows. Or a Game of Thrones. Oh, you are true. a diehard Game of Thrones. pretty avid. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, though, about Supernatural. I was just thinking while we were having this conversation. Every single convention we've gone to cover, the car's been that there. fucking car's been yeah. there. It's a gorgeous <laughs> car. It is a gorgeous car, but I think it just kind of drives between convention centers. Like I don't even think it drives. There. I think... Like the day of the show, they just clear appears. out of space, light some candles, and then like it's just there when it's needed. <laughs> just appears. Yeah. Draw a pentagram on the floor. There's and... always someone getting their picture with it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, let's see, what am I watching now? Punisher. I mean, Stranger Things and haven't started Punisher, it, but, man. Um, yeah, Punish, Punisher was excellent. I'm I'm about just over halfway through, so I, I'm stoked to finish it. But yeah, it's been a very pleasant surprise. How many episodes does it have? 13. 13, nice. yeah. Whoa. Where Stranger Things is only like nine. Nine, yeah, it's one so, more than last time. I get it. They're kids. Hour-long episodes. Yeah. So whatever, but I could have gone for like three more episodes. Because <laughs> like, we, we were already thinking there were going to be that many, so when nine was done, oh, oh, oh there's no more? That's you know? the first thing we looked at to see how many episodes it was. And yeah. So well, we knew when the last, the last one was coming. You bet your sweet bippy, come next October, I'll be checking. <laughs> <laughs> Many of you guys heard of a show on Netflix that I just kind of stumbled into called Mind Hunter. Guys at work are always talking about it. it um, that's rules. David Finch's show, I believe. Right? It sure is. Yeah, and that Finch can do no wrong. The, the man's a genius. I'll watch just about anything David Fincher puts his is that name that on. That Twin Peaks hack. All right. So, <laughs> here's he? fucking three things about what you just said. That's David Lynch, who will not be spoken ill of uh, on this program. Who's the guy who was in News Radio? Is that the same fellow I'm thinking of? News Radio. Who played David in News Radio? Well, this is a director, remember. not an actor, this guy. Oh, okay. Excuse yeah. me. I, sorry. Well, the dude I'm thinking of, he's a comedian. He put shit out, too. So, oh. I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's all right. But yeah, David Fincher, like, you know, Fight Club. And oh, I see. Yes, the girl with dragon tattoo. Girl with dragon t- girly d tats. No one calls it that. Um, <laughs> Mindhunter, awesome. It's about the. Um, it's a, it's about sort of the advent of psychoanalysis for handling criminal cases. And it, oh, okay. The main character is very charismatic. He's kind of a big dork, but you see him become like more adept over time. I I don't know to talk about it in any way. It's 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 such a like heavy dialogue driven kind of show it kind of spoil it but Mindhunter it's oh, 
it's just so preeminently watchable. Just, everything David Fincher does is, is just solid, you know? It, hmm. Check it out. Do it. Hmm. Will do. I, I, everyone I've talked to talks good about it's, it. So. It's well worth the time. Okay. Yeah. By you. I've uh, been trying to watch The Flash. <laughs> Nothing. It's just like about that, you. Take that transition. Watching The Flash. We're, I'm only, we're DVR in it, and I'm really only into the second episode of this season. But after watching that second episode, if the attitudes of the characters in the show keep going the way they are, I don't think I'm going to keep up with it. Cause really? Uh, Why? The the second episode, everyone seemed to be real pompous and high on themselves. <laughs> and it was just kind of a buzzkill watching it. The setting was just always so unbelievable for me. I couldn't stick with it because, like, their little setup with all the computers, like the beautiful people, like the Abercrombie model squad yeah. helping everyone out, like... It's just too far up their own ass. I get know? past that part. I just want to see the villains in The Flash just because he's one of my favorites. No, I get that totally. I mean, if it was, uh, I don't know, if it was a Spider-Man show, I'd probably... Well, that's not true. I thought Homecoming sucked ass, and I'm not stuck that, so. <laughs> um, Never mind. I, I withdraw my statement. Go ahead. You know, I, <laughs> I really like The Flash. I like Barry as a comic book character. Mm-hmm. Everything that involves the Flash, I think he's like one of the best parts of the Justice League. The comics, not the movie, and it's it's he's a great character. I've always been fond of because he's such like a genuinely good dude, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, like as cool as he is, he's better as a component of a team. Yeah, because like the I tried to watch the Flash a little while back, and I'm not here to shit on the Flash. People like it. It's, I'm sure it's a great show. I haven't watched it because the first episode I tried to watch, he encountered a problem which he solved by running very fast. And the second episode I tried to watch, a new problem presented itself, the solution to which was running very fast. Yeah. And I started to see a pattern form. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the last couple of seasons, it's all it is, is I've got to get faster. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to be the fastest man alive, but there's other people that are faster than you. That's why I want to see the Justice League because I've heard the Flash... And that one is probably he's, better. Than he's the good. New he show. he put Ezra Miller put in a great performance. He was very likable, but uh, I don't know. Just the way that they present his powers, because it looks like he's a hell of a lot faster than on TV. Because the TV show, he'll he'll do something like all the time slows down, but at the sa- or he's running to wherever the villain's at, and the Flash can get there in an instant. But while he's still running there, everyone back in the lab is like. All right, Barry, you have to turn left right up here. It's like there's no way in what? hell that they're watching where he's going to be at. Oh, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's it gets kind of stupid like that. Ah. Uh, well, that's a shame. You know, if if DC would have played their cards right, I don't know. I I see the Flash is kind of like the same caliber as I mean, he's obviously more powerful than Daredevil, but in that universe, you know, you have your super beings on a uh, a certain rank, you know, there's like, a hierarchy there. Mm-hmm. There is. You're not going to see Daredevil taking on Thanos. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what Netflix has in, kind of encapsulated the whole Hell's Kitchen aspect of Marvel and that yeah. whole right the lower level characters. The lower level characters. Not that the Flash is lower level, but his medium has just always kind of been on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I mean just that show in the '80s, I suppose, but. He would benefit from a kick-ass Netflix series. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I'd watch that. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the Justice League, can I ask you guys which one of the uh, recent comic book movies that came out this year was your favorites? 
What came out this year? I think the um, it's a draw for me between Thor Ragnarok and Justice League, um, Guardians, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Logan and Wonder Woman. Oh, Guardians, too, it yeah. Guardians think, 2 and Logan were my favorite. Guardians was excellent, yeah. Logan's just a great movie in general. <laughs> Fucking so soul-crushing, but just gorgeous and wonderful. I think uh, Guardians was great, yeah. Some of the most fun I've had recently was Ragnarok. Maybe I was just having a really good day. <laughs> but uh, I I loved Ragnarok. I want to really see it. Enjoyed Damn it. it! Oh, it's totally worth it. If only for the uh, the director's like self insert character, who's this inexplicably New Zealand accented rock monster, who's just a treat. He's the best part. <laughs> it's like, hey man, we're starting a revolution. Would you like to join? Like that's he's just very soft spoken <laughs> while being huge and physically imposing. It's, mm. oh, it's the best. I, I want to see it to point like. Pick out the Planet Hulk aspects of yeah, that stuff. Oh, it's, fun. You know, it's fun. It's close as we'll ever get to seeing that on the big right. screen. But um, yeah, I think Logan. Oh, man, yeah, I was Logan for me too. I was obsessed with Guardians too, though. But I mean, you watch those two movies for very different reasons. You do. Yeah. You feel like a big man after Logan. Yeah. <laughs> protect, protect the weak. No, the thing that Logan did that was really um, the first thing I'd ever, and I don't know if I'm going to word this right, but the first time you've ever seen an X Men movie. Is feel uh, feel the weight of everything that's come before it. Yeah, that's you know a good what I point. mean. Mm-hmm. And that you've never had that really in the past. They've mm-hmm. made reference to the past movies, but you're just kind of like, oh. most recent thing they did with the past was change all of it. You know, yeah, rewrote it all. Yeah. Right, but still, it was there was no big impact there. You're like, yeah. oh, things are good again. But this time, you know, you, I don't know what it was, and I, it's hard to explain, but I just. Felt the weight of that franchise in that movie and thought, damn. In a way it's that. It's been a long time. I remember hurts, seeing that you know? first movie yeah. in 2001. Like, it all just played through my head. Yeah. Just kind of a realization this shit's been around for a long time. And, and I think. Come, with that comes, you know, I think I like it a lot more than I realized I did. And then you realize, oh shit, this is the last one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they, they, I think they were very shrewd in the way they manipulated that feeling. You know, they're well aware of what they're putting forth and how to direct it. Uh, it was so good. It was yeah. so good. And we're still getting these new uh, X-Men movies, which I've been enjoying thoroughly. I like the new new kids. I like how they're doing that, you know, watching them young and come into their own. I thought Age of Apocalypse was yeah. They were established already and not yeah. getting any story. But Makes it feel like more of the original X-Men comics when they were all young. Right. I'm stoked to see Dark Phoenix, though. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll be good. So... Um, I've got. I don't think I've said on the show, and since we're talking about summer movies, I gotta just harp on Spider Man. Did you guys like it? I still haven't seen it. I, I was um, so put I, off. I, by what I you liked said. it, but didn't love it. I had a lot of issues with it. Yeah, there's. I, I liked it, but there was stuff that I didn't like about it. I was just so. Like, I mean, it, and I get it. It's for the new generation. Mm-hmm. It's not written for me. So whatever, I get that. But what irritated me more than walking out of the theater upset. At the fact, one, Iron Man's not, or excuse me, Spider-Man's not supposed to have an AI suit on on, on for his first day. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to find Aunt May attractive, and goddamn, she was attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some very confusing feelings about the casting for Aunt May throughout the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... I, I mean, still think Rosemary Harris was the hottest of the bunch by far, but whatever. We'll all stick to our own opinions. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. We're still all the way, but... Um, Mary Jane was just... 
I mean, you could see a mile away. They weren't giving her name. This is who they're going to say is Mary Jane, and she looks nothing like Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me like a little Mary bit. Jane. It wasn't even Mary Jane. It was Michelle. Hmm? And the new one? Yeah, at the end of the movie, she said yeah, Mary Jane. MJ. Well, she said it was MJ, but her name was Michelle. Well, I mean, fuck, what but do you think they're going to the do? Time. Like, they're going to have two MJs. One's Michelle and one's yeah. the actual Mary Jane. No. Got to keep the audience guessing, you know. It just irritates me that people on Twitter and stuff are all like, oh, the best I've seen, the best, uh, finally Spider-Man done right. <laughs> That's what it was. Spider-Man done right. And it couldn't have been farther from right. I mean, nothing about I, it was I, right. I agree. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit anybody. Michael Keaton was amazing. Yeah, Tom was. Holland was amazing. Everybody was really good. The Ned character, his buddy Ned, who the fuck's this? Yeah. And um, why... Also, can I say one thing really quick? Yeah. Um, the continuity bothered me with them saying that the movie took place eight years after the Avengers. That I've, made no sense at all. I saw that, too, because it would actually put it like a couple years from now or something like that. After which one? The first the, Avengers. The, the very first Avengers. That means that uh, that will push that will push Spider-Man Homecoming till about 2019. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense because what about Civil War? Mm-hmm. I agree. That I mean, it's a big it's it. a big continuity flaw. Okay, well that's stupid. And I mean, just the movie in <laughs> itself just seemed poorly put together. I mean, like, <laughs> the whole fucking movie was like a level one mission in a Spider-Man game. It's moving day at Avengers oh, headquarters. Help Happy load up the fucking plane so <laughs> make sure it gets to its destination okay. Like, so fucking stupid. You man. didn't buy insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. What they I need enjoyed is... Wonder Woman. Did you guys enjoy Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it a hell of a lot more than Spider-Man, I'll tell you that. Me I too. <laughs> Wonder Woman was really good. I wish I could have watched it without reading the reviews first, because the reviews got down on their knees to gently tongue that movie's balls for like <laughs> two weeks leading up to it coming out. It was just apparently the next Citizen uh... Kane, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to rule. And I was like... Yeah, that was mid to high level. That was well well done. You know, it was like a really good B movie. You know, it just it wait, which one? Itself. Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. I mean, I don't know. I had minor problems with it. So minor, I can't even remember now. I just remember having them in the theater. But a lot of the was... slow motion, upside down, bow and arrow shooting, Amazon parts in the beginning. That's what kind of was starting to kill yeah, it for me. But then but it, it, it was really itself later. overall. It was a great movie. Yeah, I, but, I mean, even if it wasn't, she is stunning. Like oh, she is, it pisses gorgeous. me off how like she's the Greek symmetrical ideal of beauty. You know, it's like mathematical. You measure the angles, and it's like, yes, this is a flawless person. And I'm like, why do you get to exist? You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's one of those people that if you were to encounter, uh, it's hard to explain. I've had this happen to me before, and within the past few years. Maybe only one other instance I can remember happening, this happening. But I'm in public. I'm at the store. And um, Brooke and I were grocery shopping this last time. And up through the aisles, we were up at the cash out. There was, like, people everywhere. And here comes just a stunningly gorgeous woman walking. And I'm, when I say stunning, I mean to the fact you cannot help but stop. Like, stop what you're doing. And stare. And it's not just, you know, horn dog guys. It's fucking everybody. 
everyone stops and tilts their head. And I can't imagine walking through life like that. All Music the time. stops and Dreamweaver starts playing. <laughs> I, it's hard to explain. And maybe I sound stupid, but I mean, you find yourself helpless in that moment. Like, oh my God, she's going to see me staring, but you can't like do anything. Right. So, yeah, done is done. And, and, you know, I look over and Brooke's staring at her. <laughs> Everyone at the, in the line staring at her. The cashiers are staring. Everybody. And I just kind of think that, um, well, help me, what's her name? Gal Gadot. Is the same kind of. Uh, woman that if you were to see her in public you'd just be like yeah. wow yeah that's it that's it I'm done I agree <laughs> make it three what's that general consensus yeah <laughs> this just in Gal Gadot attractive <laughs> well there's no doubt about that but I mean it's just a it's a stunning gorgeous you don't see everywhere yeah. there's gorgeous and then there's like but just like one more thing about the movie Wonder Woman was good my problem is the same problem I've had with like almost every other DC movie the villain was not that good nah. I thought they had a oh, good yeah, actor that's really who they, true. yeah who like they underutilized him they threw a bunch of CG on him that's some bullshit they had taken him in a different direction besides just being the guy who makes weapons you know mm-hmm. it's, I don't know I just who the good. actual villain was caught me though yeah because yeah. I was like I don't know if he's good or bad He's not got a good track record in movies right. for being the good yeah. guy. Because he was, and what, like Quantum, right? In one of the recent James Bond movies with Daniel Craig. I thought I he was the one. villain in Quantum of Solace. Even though he was in Harry Potter and he was a good guy. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. I only did one run to those Harry Potter movies and I haven't gone back. I mean, they were good, but it's such a commitment and I'm not that. I don't care that much, you know? Fair enough. They were mm-hmm. good, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were good. And um, just service. Snipe? Snape? Snape. Snape, thank you. Man, that whole revelation. <laughs> He's. Woo! Yeah. Wow. He's the best part of those movies, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end, after the, after the realization. Then he's the best part, but during you know before you get to it, you're like, man, what an ass. Yeah, fuck this guy. This guy's you jerk. Know? Anyway, we're he, 40 he had what in. they call in a wrestling business a a face turn. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a, it was a good movie though. I'll watch it again. Some I like the Deathly Hollows. I mean, if anything, yeah. I can put those both in and watch them again without going. I back like over that the... creepy little semi stop motion animation explaining the story. That's my favorite. That I don't. It's almost remember. like shadow puppetry. They do talking about the Hallows. I said I don't remember, well, Jay. Fuck! Did you want me to find a YouTube video? <laughs> Let no, me complete I'm, my sentence. I'll look it up. I, uh... It's good. It's really cool. I saw a live shadow puppetry production of that whole story at uh, um, uh, Universal Studios. No shit. And I sat there in rapt attention like an eight-year-old. Just like, yeah, do it again. <laughs> Sipping my butterbeer. Surrounded by eight-year-olds. Yeah, I don't give a shit. That was awesome. <laughs> no, we went to the uh, the Diagon Alley and we were there. And that was a lot was of the fun. best, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Oh, yeah, we've talked there. about this. Because you had pictures of the dragon and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of fun. It's sweet. They did a great job. We need to get past this, man. Yeah, we we're just, stuck. We, uh, yeah, we're going to have a long episode yeah. here, aren't we? Yeah, looks like it. That was a fun talk, though, gentlemen. So, with that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault here quick. And I'd say let's maybe just delve out a couple quick minutes for each comic book. That way we uh, don't mine's end up with quick. an hour and a half uh, episode, if, if that's cool. All right, yeah. I'll do mine quick. Perhaps you've heard of Watchmen. It's... Uh, it's a joke. My book's Watchmen. Maybe someone Next. would laugh, and then I wouldn't have to finish that sentence. But this has been a total mystery. They wear climaxes. Yeah, yeah. They're the watch. The clock's a ticking, assholes. Let's go. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Uh... 
Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got a book called God Hates Astronauts, written and oh, illustrated yeah. by Ryan Brown. It's the zaniest thing I've ever seen. I forgot to bring the physical copy because I'm a dunce. But um, if you look at the cover, you will have no fucking idea what's going on. And that's kind of the point. You've got a man dressed as like a generic superhero with the flaming blue head of a bull. Uh, you've got a dude in overalls whose face is just teeth and gums and his eyes are flashlights. There are things beyond explanation in this comic. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. It's weird and nonsensical and hilarious. And uh, you've got the superhero organization that's funded by NASA. But there's been this wave of civilian spaceflight companies like SpaceX and all that. For some reason in this world, mostly farmers building their own spaceships. So NASA gets defunded and thus the superhero group gets defunded. So now you've got these superheroes waging a war on farmers to stop them from going to space so that NASA can be funded again, so that they can be funded again. In the middle of it, the Superman figure of the group uh, gets his head smashed so hard that his brain swells until it pops. And he replaces his head with the head of a ghost bull that had been tormenting a deformed cowboy who's having an affair with the Superman character's wife. And also, there's a country full of crab-headed people, and their king is a tiger eating a cheeseburger, and his name is King Tiger Eating a Cheeseburger. Crab people. <laughs> yeah. And in the beginning of each comic, you have a list of the characters and a list of suggested voice actors, so that when you read their dialogue, oh, you should be yeah. thinking of nice. it in there. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. It's one of the coolest concepts. Wow. Drop everything yeah. to read God Hates Astronauts, because I cannot speak highly enough of it. The blurb on the front cover reads, it's something like, uh, let me see here. That's crazy. Someone, someone said, I don't want to oversell what Ryan has accomplished here, but I gave God Hates Astronauts to a blind man and he regained his sight. <laughs> <laughs> Quote Jonathan That's Hayden. how you know it's good. Yeah. Right, it's, right. Uh, it's one of the best things I've ever read, and it's totally worth your time. Sight gaining good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yep. I can't wait to look into it. You awesome. Should. I'll let you borrow the comics. Oh, you own them? I got all three. Oh, sweet. Thank you. All right, Daquan, would you like to go next? Yes, yeah, sure. Um... One of the best comics that I've read all year is The Realm by, uh, from Image Comics, and it's by Jeremy Hahn and Nick Filadardi. Uh, it's about a world where, you know, magical beings, or I guess you could say mystical beings, they've destroyed the world, and five years later, the remnants of humanity, they are fighting against, um, you know, their new tyrants. And it's really good. I suggest it to anybody who reads comics. What's that called? One more time. The Realm? It's the Realm. 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 I'm realm. sorry. Okay. Man, uh, Jeremy, what was his last name again? Jeremy Hahn. That name sounds so familiar. Does he, what else does he write or does he? Mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard that name on another project, but that sounds really good. I'm going to write this Yeah, down. it's excellent. It's really, really good. How uh, how many epi or episodes? How many issues out are out? Or is there a trade out? Or Um... It's, I believe it's on uh, issue number three at the moment, which just was released about two or three weeks ago. And I believe um, issue number four is coming next month. Awesome. I'll probably wait for the trade on that. Image trade, so at 10 bucks, you can't yeah, eat it, man. Yeah, that is pretty good. Such yeah, image idea. is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, they really are. Awesome. Jack, would you like to go next? Sure. From Source Point Press, I read uh, Shelter Division. By Bob Sally, oh, or yeah. by Francesco Toma, Tomaselli. Um, they're getting ready to release issue two pretty soon. So if you go to Source Point Press's website, issue one's there for free to read. Oh, nice! And 
if you are a backer on their Kickstarter, a lot of the rewards that like the the extra rewards you get for their goal, mm-hmm. you would get like dossiers of some of the characters. So right now, not knowing a lot about them, you're kind of left in the dark of what the hell's going on, other than they're a secret military, not military, government organization of like, not special needs people, but people with special abilities. Like one guy's name's Biggs. He's the son of Bigfoot. Oh, okay. But it's kind of like <laughs> like Hellboy BPRD right. kind of thing. <laughs> but it starts out as this whole action sequence where... One guy's chasing someone with a teleportation suit. All of a sudden, stuff's blowing up. They got to get their special team to cover it up, kind of like the Men in Black do. I don't remember. Was this one supposed to have taken place in the same galaxy as, like, Salvagers? I don't think so. Or that was just Starlight Tavern. That was, Yeah, Starlight Tavern was. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, that's really... There's not... It, it's hard to explain because I was kind of left in the dark... Right, like, that and you don't want to give it all away. Being that too, yeah. But if you listen to uh, episode one seventy four with Bob Sally on mm-hmm. when he was talking about it, he gives a lot better exclama- explanation, <laughs> and even goes into the backstory of one of the characters, like the main character in it. And you get to hear us sing out of key. So I mean, exactly, shit. <laughs> always, always the best. Win, win. But yeah, Shelter Division by Source Point from Source Point Press. Very nice. All right, well, the uh, comic I have this week is called Radio Silence. It's a web comic I uh, found just trolling around on Twitter. But um, there's like three or four chapters out right now. And I was just going to like look at a few pages so I had something to talk about and quickly got pulled into it. And it's, it's a comic that is nothing out of the ordinary, really. It's not like superheroes. It's not like how Image always has you know some kind of strange twist on reality. Yeah, yeah. You are following a uh, group of early 20-something-year-olds in the UK who have a band together, or or excuse me, who have a band that has just become popular, or or that's on their rise to fame. So I read the prologue, which is you're seeing the main uh, singer who goes by the codename Shy, and uh, he's doing a vlog on how the band met. So during the prologue, you see how the band all got together uh, and how they became to playing music and how they got picked up by an agent. And so then these chapters are them just on tour and the trials and tribulations of being in a touring band and being, you know, on your way to stardom. Things you probably wouldn't think about. So it's uh, it's been really cool, you know, just having to live, you know, in a van with people, having no free time to do anything, you just that kind of stuff. Kind of like in that movie Almost Famous. Kind of, yeah. But, uh, yeah, each uh, looks like each chapter takes on a new uh, look at that, you know, lifestyle. Hmm. You know, I think I speak for all of us when I say I've kind of, like, fantasized about that lifestyle. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the band on the go, living in the van. Something yeah. about it, like, you know it would be shitty. Your rational brain's like, oh, dude, that would suck. Yeah. But a part of me's like, yeah, but it'd also be really cool, you know. Being yeah, a band on the you're run. right. What's that? Being a band on the run. Band on the run. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice little wings reference there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you should check it out. Go to radiosilencecomic.com. It's done by Vanessa Fenowick. Fenowick? I, I'm unfortunately, I don't know. It's it's spelled similar to, well, no, I can't say that because I'll mispronounce that Stephanuic? too. Stephanuic? I'm sorry, I'm butchering it, Vanessa, but... Her I, last name is spelled in a similar way to the last name of the man who wrote Fight Club. 
and lullaby and haunted okay. and all that. So I don't know if that, that does nothing for me. Yes. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you can find it on her on Twitter at uh, Quiet Snooze. That's Quiet Snooze. So radio silence. Check it out. Ah, and with that, let's move right into Real World Heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? Or who do we have? Just period. I, I shouldn't say this week. This week, <laughs> we it's rarely been a talk while. about it. Yeah, Jack, who? <laughs> we have Randy Tompkins from Dixon, Illinois. Randy Tompkins. So what he did? It was all on a dash cam <laughs> of a police car. Um, there's a in the police dash cam. The cop's sitting at an intersection, and the car in front of him just blows through the light, takes a left turn in front of all these other people. He, of course, follows them. The car while in front of him is starting to drive into oncoming traffic, maybe five miles an hour. All of a sudden, you see in the traffic that was going in the same direction he was, this uh, pickup truck flies in reverse to get ahead of the guy that's going into oncoming traffic. He jumps out, runs to the car, jumps in, the uh, passenger side window uh, Dukes of Hazard style throws the car in park the cop gets out opens the driver's side door turns out the driver was suffering from a seizure oh snap so it could have wow. gone real bad but he quick thinking jumped out and wow stopped the car saved the day I always am afraid of that like something happening to me like while I'm driving like like health wise that would keep me I don't know. Like, I've had bouts of vertigo, for example. To be driving down the road and all of a sudden to have shit start spinning would be... Like, I, I don't know what I would do. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd just have to slam the brakes and stop, you know? I get I freaked out every time I sneeze in the car. Yeah. It's like yeah. your eyes close and your heart stops. That's fucking not ideal. Half a second and anything yeah. could happen in that You never know. Time, That's yeah. all it takes to die on the road. <laughs> there was one time I was taking a sweatshirt off in the car because it was, like, roasting. And I had... Got my both my arms caught like behind the seat, oh, very much in the same lane as planes, trains, and automobiles. Like shit, driving with my knees for a short time. Needless to say, I started taking sweaters off before I got in the car. There you go. But uh, okay, and for that, what was his name one more time? Randy Tompkins. And for that, Randy Tompkins, you have found a spot on our wall of justice in the Hall of Heroes. And Jake's here too. <laughs> <laughs> So keep doing your thing, man. And with that, let's turn our full attention over to Daquan and talk more about the Silent Descendants. Thanks so much for being with us today, man. Thanks a lot for having me once again. I really appreciate it. Now we just got a brief look at uh, what Silence, excuse me, what the Silent Descendants uh, is on your Kickstarter. But could you tell the listeners uh, what exactly to expect from this comic? In terms of theme, it's a story about family, it's a story about survivalism, and it's a story about endurance, and it's definitely something that I have been pouring my heart into for the longest time, and I'm just really passionate about it. That's awesome, man. It's something you've been working on for quite a long time, right? Yeah, 16 years. 16 years that's crazy i've i mean not crazy in a bad way crazy in a good way i've <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> no i've i've uh it's funny for the past i don't know six seven years anyway like i've got all these stories worked out in my head that i've never in any way tried to attempt to even put on paper write down draw i mean it only exists in my head but it's there's so much there and to be able to scoop that out 
and put it on paper and to be able to show it to the world would be quite an amazing feeling. Right. Um, actually, given the fact that I've worked on it for so long, I actually have the story completely mapped out. It's a saga and it's something that is really gargantuous. Um, the, the, what's on Kickstarter is just the first installment of what I hope to be a trilogy. And I also have an anthology series, um, an universe anthology series, which would accompany the uh, main trilogy. So you must have pretty far written out in this storyline. Oh, yeah. Um, believe it or not, I have over 300 pages written. Holy cow. Did you finish the story or did you just kind of get to a point where you had enough to actually put on the paper and put out there? Uh, no, the story's completely done. That's awesome. And that's that's a great thing for people who do back your Kickstarter because it'll be a quick turnaround on the product. Rather There's than no question the like, year, you yeah. know, uh, is this going to pay out in the end? Like, yeah, yeah, by the time they're getting the comic, they haven't forgot about it's it. It's so much easier to sell a person access as opposed to like, you know... A promise, you know, it's just right. like, like yeah, Game of I'm Thrones, sure. where the you gotta wait right, for the absolutely. writer, right? <laughs> um, and starting next week, um, I'm going to be posting a sequential prologue on the Kickstarter and on my Facebook page um, for anyone who's interested. And you know, I hope that people are impressed because it'll be the first um, time that my writing is seen by the public in this way. Oh, it's wow. got to be a little nerve-wracking, I'd imagine. This whole Kickstarter has been nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, they what, what was it we've heard? That uh, the big surges with pledges, they come at the beginning and at the very beginning end. Beginning and the end, yeah. The middle lulls. A bit of a lull, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it, seems like that's, uh, it seems like I'm keeping that tradition alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, almost everyone we talk to seems yeah, to be the case. Seems to be the case. but Pretty standard. From what I read online, or at least from your email, it seems like this is a story rooted around heroes that are tackling more common world problems. Is that correct, or am I, did I read you incorrectly? No, you read it absolutely correctly. Um, actually, a big, I believe, I guess I could say selling point of the story is the fact that my characters all embody some sort of, you know, social issue. And, you know... It's just one of the things that I find to be one of the most empathetic parts of my story. You know, um, I love Marvel and I love DC and I love, you know, all my um, fellow indie creators. Um, but a lot of times I think that sometimes, you know, the creator can get caught up in the fantastical elements versus the realist, you know, the realistic elements of the story. And... While my story does deal with mysticism and conspiracies and all that good stuff, at the very core, it's about real-life people, and it's about dealing with real-life issues. It's awesome, man. I mean, there is a, a larger-than-life aspect to it with the characters and their and seemingly their powers, but uh, what they're tackling, people can really relate to. And I think we've, we've said it a number of times before. It's some of the best fantastical elements in stories like science fiction you know you got your mysticism and mythology and stuff you you use sort of a fantastical framework to tackle a common issue and that mm -hmm. makes it palatable you know and, and those are the stories that really stand out i mean like you look at a song of ice and fire and you look at um you know like it's adaptation in game of thrones and you can see Jon snow letting the wildlings through the wall you know, as like an allegory for like the immigration issues we have today. 
And, you know, issues like that are what really relate to people. And I'm trying to do something similar with my story as well. Now, the um, the uh, the the sort of power threshold you're working with with your team of heroes here. Did you kind of set a limit for yourself as to what you want them to be capable of? So you're not kind of encroaching on that issue where, you know, being able to deal with real world problems aren't an issue if you're Superman. But did you want to try and, and keep them at a certain level for that? Right, absolutely. Um, you know, with the exception of maybe one or two of the seven main characters on the team, everyone else is still vulnerable, and everyone else can still be shot dead. Everyone else can still be, you know, punched and made to bleed. Um, a big issue that I found was what you just described, you know, um, given the fact that these characters do have superpowers, it presents a problem in making them a little bit relatable in that aspect. So what I do is I outsource the problem to their loved ones, and, you know, they find themselves in a lot of danger. That makes sense. I guess the most vulnerable part of any superhero is going to be the people they the care about. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, Unless sure. you're Batman, where you just got all that shit out of the way day one. <laughs> <laughs> you're untouchable. Or the Punisher. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> Now on your website, DaquanKane.com, there's a track list of a bunch of a, diff- a bunch of different songs there that seem to be set to images from the comic. Is this kind of like a uh, unofficial soundtrack to go with the comic, or is that just for fun? What was what was the uh, thought um, behind that? It's a, it's a little bit of both. It's it was just something that I did for fun. Um, I actually did it as a way to get people to understand the aura of each character and to understand. I guess, you know, their personality. And it's just something that I had planned on doing just for fun for a very long time. And I've actually gotten a lot of good feedback for it. Yeah, I, well, I would agree. Going back to what Jake was saying earlier, you know, the comic that he brought to the comic vault, he said that in the beginning, it gave suggestions of celebrity voices to, uh, you know, hear in your head to, it just adds to the story. It's an yeah, embellishment yeah. to the story. Which right. I think sometimes, well, I mean, not sometimes is necessary, but is always a fun add-on. You know, when people make soundtracks or, you know what I mean. Yeah, right? and, I, and I think music and writing are, are more interconnected than you ever think. It's... Yeah, very much so. But, you know, more so than just a soundtrack, like he's saying, this is like a bit of a window into the personality. Yeah, yeah. which so it is... gives the theme song to the character, kind of like yeah. Leia's theme or Ray's theme in Star Wars. You know, and a lot of these are really good songs that, you know, some people have probably heard before. So mm-hmm. you probably already have like an assumption... Uh, of you know the, what that song yeah, kind of represents, and a few seconds and, of music can give insight into characters that would take paragraphs otherwise. Yeah. You know, you associate That's a particular song with them, and you think like, oh, well, they're going to react to this situation with this sort of attitude mm-hmm. based on you know. It was a good idea. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Um, as far as people backing your Kickstarter, what kind of rewards can they expect? Um, one of the best rewards that I have is at the $30 level where you can get the physical copy of the book. You could get a thank you in a book's acknowledgement section. You could get a full PDF of the book and a set of nine postcards by the interior artist Felix Morales and my good friend Stephen Wilcox. Well, this is very cool, man, and a lot of incentive for people to go back. I strongly... Uh 
urge people to head over to Kickstarter and check out The Silent Descendants, again, running till January 6th. And uh, head over to DaquanKane.com, which we're going to have on our website linked and on our Twitter, all of our social media outlets. The works. Yeah, check out what he's got going on there. You can check out the soundtrack that uh, was just in mention. Man, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a hell of a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate it once again, and thank you guys for inviting me. No, anytime, man. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Holly Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click that merch button and buy a sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Check out some of the special guests on our special on our special guest page. It's like a baby bird trying to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Check us out on Twitter at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And don't forget to have a look at all of our videos on YouTube with plenty more on the way. And we are on Patreon. Mm-hmm. For but $1 a month, you can keep us from kicking the stool out from under our feet. Nooses wrapped tight around our collective neck. <laughs> and we've got uh, our first Patreon. Well, there's already a Patreon exclusive pod up there. If you are a $2 uh, pledge or more, I'm member, so proud of that one. What's that? Oh, I'm so proud of that one. Yeah, that yeah, was a me blast. too. The Candare mm-hmm. Fantasy Fight. It's uh, about a 45, 50 minute uh, pod we did where we take eight fictional characters from across pop culture and we battle them down in a tournament bracket until we have a winner full of sound effects and good times uh two bucks come on it lowers cholesterol it's fun to listen to it'll add two or three inches to your penis guaranteed it's a great episode (laughs) we've decided what we're doing for christmas this year on the show i mean just the regular show that gets released on itunes and iHeartRadio and all those fun places is uh we're going to be talking about We're going to do a what-if segment. What if Santa Claus was real? What would really happen? How would the world react to to the discovery that Santa was real? That is fertile ground. Yes, there is a second Christmas pod we're doing, ladies and gentlemen, that you can only listen to if you're a Patreon backer, $5 a month or more. And in this one, we're going to be talking about Christmas songs, unconventional Christmas songs. We're going to be setting up a playlist for you to beat... The uh, the Christmas playlist blues. Are you aren't you sick of hearing <laughs> "Baby is fucking cold outside" or "There's a marshmallow world in the winter"? I mean, come on, this stuff's been overplayed. And no matter how many Christmas albums come out, they're just covered again. It's the same mm-hmm. nonsense. Candair's got your back. Candair is going to put together your new holiday playlist, yo. But you got to be a Patreon backer to get that kind of access. It'll be worth it. Patreon.com forward slash CandarePod. Oh, yeah, and we sell t-shirts. Society6.com forward slash CandarePod. I think Jake mentioned that already. Earlier on. In case you forgot. You got one of those short-term memory issues. Give us money. Give us money. Please. Give us money. Give us money. (laughs) Give us money. But until next week, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack. (laughs) Fell flat again. (laughs) I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Daquan Kane. Thanks for listening, everyone. little jimmy hey it's alpine while you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on candarepodcast.com shoot it may even help him find you well that makes no sense hey what are you doing near my son time to split gi joe
All right, uh, we are back to you, Daquan. Um, actually, I was gonna say regarding Henry, but one of you guys got to it before I did. Yes. Softly inconsiderate. <laughs> I win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Talk amongst yourself. Twitter, Instagram, website, YouTube, <laughs> Instagram at Candare Pod. Nope. You goddamn right. It's what? <laughs> You know better. That works. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 